Welcome to the Tax Girl Podcast, your home for tax news, tax info, and tax policy. In each episode, I'll share conversations about taxes, money, and the choices that we make. I'm your host, Kelly phillips for Tax Girl. I'm a practicing tax attorney, and I work with taxpayers like you every day. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Just before what we had expected to be tax day this year, back in April, the U.S. Department of Labor released its Occupational Outlook Handbook. When it comes to accountants and auditors, the job outlook for the years 2018 to 2028 was expected to be 6% or as fast as average. But that's a slowdown from before when the BLS predicted that employment for tax preparers was expected to grow by 13% through 2022. The department said about the most recent data, in general, employment growth of accountants and auditors is expected to be closely tied to the health of the overall economy. But that was pre-COVID. Even before the pandemic, employment of bookkeeping, accounting, and auditing clerks were projected to decline 4% while the employment of tax examiners and collectors and revenue agents were projected to decline 2%. Employment of examiners and collectors was primarily dependent on future changes to federal, state, and local government budgets. You wouldn't suspect that tax-related jobs were hard to come by listening to many tax professionals right now. Folks are definitely busy, but some of them haven't had a break and others are feeling overworked. When I asked whether that meant more new hires were on the way, Most of my colleagues hesitated. They're busy right now with PPP and EIDL applications, as well as extended tax returns. But when that work ends, maybe as soon as July, if you don't count extended return season, will the work still be there? That's a tricky question, and many aren't yet willing to take a chance on new hires. There's also some uncertainty. Some tax and legal firms have a dedicated hiring practice that they don't deviate from, involving comparing GPAs, bar and CPA exam scores, and in-person interviews. During COVID, that's no longer predictable. Some schools offered pass-fail grades for semesters cut short, bar exam dates have been pushed off, and in some states, in-person interviews are out of the question. I wondered what that meant for recent grads, so I asked around. Our guest today is a new tax intern at Reuben Brown Las Vegas. Ryan O'Keefe graduated from UNLV last December and is working on his master's after taking a few years off of school. He's entering the tax accounting job market as his second career, and he's agreed to chat with me about what all this means. So Ryan, first of all, thank you for this. I know a lot of tax newbies might be hesitant to talk about the market right now, so I really do appreciate you being here. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for letting me speak with you today. Awesome. First, before we get into the job markety stuff, what drew you to tax and accounting? Like, what was it about tax and accounting that made you think, you know what, this is something I want to do as a second career? I think definitely it stemmed from my previous career where I worked in retail. And in retail, I kind of got more involved in the operational aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And then when I kind of hit a ceiling with my career in retail, I was like, in college, what kind of career would fit me? And I was kind of torn between finance and accounting. Once I started entering, my upper division business classes, I definitely gravitated more towards the accounting industry because I felt like, especially in tax, you are offering a very unique service to clients that they really, really need. And that's kind of what uh, led me to working in tax. Gotcha. So actually, it kind of makes sense because I have a very good friend in retail and I know that she's a people person. And I always think of uh, tax and accounting as a very people-centric job. I think a lot of people think of it as 
being, you know, in a, in a desk somewhere, but I think it has a lot to do with interaction. So that, I mean, to me, that feels like a natural fit. So what was kind of the progression then? Like what, what did you, what was your next step? So you, you decide this is sort of what I want to do. So, so what came next? In college, like I said, I was definitely torn between audit or tax, which by the way, it's so strange that college students are asked to pick between audit and tax when you only get one class of each. I mean, this is coming from my own experience at UNLV. I'm not sure what it's like with other colleges, but you really are just dipping your toes into these classes and just getting a very broad spectrum. And there's definitely a lot of industries that they don't even mention are available. And working in tax every day, I just learned something new. I actually didn't take tax classes in college. I actually took them in law school. So you had to pick between one or the other. There's no option for like taking another as an elective? Definitely once you get into the master's program, there is a lot more like specific narrowed down concentrations you get into. Like right. I think what's actually kind of interesting is um in your under undergraduate level in Las Vegas, because the casinos are such a big employer, they actually offer a um casino audit, I believe, class. Oh my gosh, that sounds so much fun. Which which is just strictly about I don't know, I didn't take it because I had a I was able to do my internship as a different credit, but you definitely are just scratching the surface. And I think these internships are just so great because they allow, you know, recent graduates to kind of explore like, hey, maybe this isn't, maybe audit's not what I want to do. Maybe I'm going to try tax or the other way around. So how did you land your audit? Uh, sorry, how did you land your internship? <laughs> the audit would be a whole different show. How did you land your uh, your internship? So that came through UNLV. There was like a, a careers night where like, again, it sounds so foreign now, but it was a giant meeting with all the firms and you kind of just, you know, shook hands and introduced yourself to people and I actually had my first internship earlier this year in January with um, CLA, Clifton, Larson, Allen. And that was a really great experience. Again, working in tax, you know, everything was going pretty, obviously I was going through a busy season, which was stressful, but exciting. Right. And then COVID happened and then like everything was just up in the air. And and then I just recently started this Ruben Brown internship. So both of those internships came through campus recruiting. And was that part of the master's program or is that kind of a continuation of undergrad? It's kind of a like an elective undergraduate program where it's not required by any any courses at all. It's kind of just for your own edification to kind of meet these people and kind of network. All these firms are really scrambling to kind of figure out what to do now with campus recruiting since it's kind of up in the air. Exactly. I mean, that I do think that is a big challenge because um, one of the kind of inspirations for this particular show is someone had tweeted out, they were actually asking about grades first. They said, with pass-fail grades, has that changed any of your hiring practices? And I thought that was a really both odd and interesting question because at our firm, we don't hire on grades, but I know that there are a lot of firms that they have a minimum or that's kind of where they draw their invisible line. That's very true. Very yeah, true. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it affects as you kind of obviously figured out that once you start having more control over the classes that you get to choose, you pick the ones that are more interesting to you, right? Like everything you take as a freshman or a first year of law school or, or yeah. master's, that isn't necessarily the, the classes that you wanted, right? Towards the end, like those are the ones that give you kind of your chance to shine. Like this is what I really love. Yeah, that's true. So your final year might be your best year, like grade wise. So I think that that's what's hard for a lot of the folks who had the pass fail. Because if you, you know, maybe you struggled in, we joke like in law school, maybe you struggle, struggle in baby tax, but you did really, mm -hmm. really well in corporate tax. 
But if you're taking corporate tax as a final semester, then maybe that grade doesn't matter. So I think that's hard. I've heard a lot of graduates, even not just in tax, but kind of, I think, wistful about the way that the year ended for a lot of reasons. But I do think that it feels like a whole semester is just gone. It's kind of an antiquated metric anyways, to kind of base someone's higher ability based off of a GPA, which spans many, many years. And, you know, people who take time off, like yours truly, some of those early grades kind of, you know, brought the GPA down slightly. Or, or people who work while they're going to school, too. I mean, that's the same kind of Very thing. I, I worked in law school. So if you have time to go home and study every night, your GPA may be a little yeah. higher than the person who's, you know, I was folding shirts at the Gap at night. So I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I guess you're not actively looking for work right now, or are you? Are you going to be full-time master's? How does that work? So that's kind of interesting, because right now, the internship I'm in now with Ruben Brown, it's almost halfway done. It's an eight-week internship, and there's a lot of uncertainty about if there's going to be offers or not. But either way, I'm still in my my master's graduate program. I've got plenty of things to keep me busy, and then eventually get to the CPA exams, which that's a whole other mountain I'm not looking forward to getting right, to. But right. That's another thing that's worrying some students this year is that uh, bar exams are, I actually took a, a look at the page today because I mm-hmm. you know, haven't, haven't seen, seen a bar exam uh, webpage in a while. <laughs> and I went and looked at it and it looks like um, a few of them are offering, it looks like it might be remote and pushed off. So I would think that would make it difficult, not only for students who might be used to taking or have prepared to take the exam a certain way at a certain time, but also for employers though, like, what do you do if you, if you always got your, your exam results back at a certain time, because the way it works in the law, and I assume it works similarly in CPA, is that you may get hired before those scores come out, but the expectation is that you pass and you can continue working. If we're not sure when those scores might be coming out, if they're coming out later than normal, or if they're worried about pass rates being lower, I wonder if there's going to be a pause on hiring. That's very true. And I, I'm almost positive with the CPA exams, there is a bit of a backlog because there are four exams and you need to take in a certain period. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a big discussion right now. It's like, well, if this person passed this exam, and, but they have these three others to go, how does that fit into what's the extension? It's kind of up in the air right now. So does all this worry you? Like, does it give you anxiety because there's not a clear path? Oh, totally. (laughs) I mean, obviously you're working now, which is good because I I suspect, you know, there are probably a lot of folks who don't have that opportunity right now and it's probably pretty scary. But how are you kind of dealing with the anxiety? Oh, well, that's an interesting point. Well, I I will have to say, I will have to give credit to Ruben Brown for actually, actually offering the summer internship because I know of a lot of other firms just flat out canceled it. And it kind of makes sense from a, you know, overhead perspective, but I feel like some of these firms might be kicking themselves, you know, in the butt later on because, Hey, these interns, they could eventually go on to be chairman or partners or things like that. So, right. Right. So, but going back to like the anxiety of like, how do you kind of plan your, because it is a very like long process of studying for the CPA exam and then planning it out. So where like you take this exam, okay, study for the next one, take, you know, study for the next one, take this one. So it's um to kind of curb that anxiety. I think I just kind of focus my efforts elsewhere in, in work or just my graduate school because that's keeping me plenty busy. Sure. Do you think that more people are going to, I know, so when I graduated from law school, we were actually in a, 
in a decent market. And the, the market fell out shortly thereafter. And then it actually ended up being a kind of a boon for law schools on some level yeah. because people decided to go on. So like me, they decided to get their master's in tax because there weren't jobs available. Do you anticipate that you're going to have more classmates next year if if, uh, if if the market doesn't pan out? Like, have you heard, have you talked to other folks about what their plans are if they don't get work? That's so interesting you mentioned that because one of the main reasons I kind of deferred going to college was because I graduated high school oh, kind of around the time, you know, around the time of the housing crisis, like the 08 housing crisis. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm working right now. I'm kind of okay. Let's just, you know, weather the storm. But going back to your point of now, that's a very good point. I wonder if we are going to see like an uptick in master's applications or uptick in e- even bachelor's. As far as my peers and what they're doing, as far as are they continuing on? I think some of them are just kind of waiting it out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to say how long this sort of COVID impact is going to affect employment. So I have a couple of friends who are just like, you know, I'll just go through master's right now and, you know, kind of continue, continue to go through interview process when, when it comes and see what happens. And I think that is what's kind of difficult right now is that on the one hand, economic crisis doesn't always necessarily tie to every profession. Like there's always going to be tax work, right? As I mentioned in in the intro, there are some jobs like government tax jobs that are very closely tied to the economy. And right now, it's just an open question. I think if we knew one way or the other, it'd be easier to plan, right? But yeah. you hear people, especially the ta- if you if you're on Twitter, you see people are crazy busy, like they're pulling incredibly long, long days, and there's a lot of work to be done. And I guess the question is, you know, how long does that continue, and what happens when it ends? And I think that's why firms are really hesitant to hire. And we've talked about that again on the, on the law side, like I'm really, really busy. Am I busy enough to hire another associate? Not right now, because what if, what if the work ends in two months? And I think that's what some of the the firms are worried about thinking that way. And again, obviously I'm asking you to speculate if the work, which it can be economy dependent, if the economy got stronger, let's say in the Northeast where I am, because our numbers are going down COVID wise, our numbers are going down. So, so we're opening up at the same time that the numbers are going up in the West. And then you see states like California yeah. closing back down again mm-hmm. is, is moving in the cards for you. Like if you got an offer in like DC, would you go? That's a very interesting, it's something I have not thought about. I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Like, would you move tomorrow? But what I mean, you know, I'm just wondering because. <laughs> I knew, for example, when I um, so I'm from from North Carolina originally, and it was a big deal for me to go up to uh, to the Northeast to go to school. But I knew that I wouldn't move too far away from kind of that corridor. But again, it was also a different market, you know. So so if, if I had gotten an offer in Austin, would I have gone? I don't know. And I know that a lot of people in in tough economies will go where the jobs are. And so I'm wondering, like, you know. If that's something that, I mean, it's hard to think about, I think, because you're in school right now. But if you weren't in school, yeah. I think it would be something that you definitely have to consider. Like, where are the jobs and am I willing to move for them? I think that, I think that also kind of ties into kind of your role and, and how far along you are in your career. As someone who's kind of just starting out, it, it kind of wouldn't make sense for, for me. It wouldn't mm-hmm. make sense for me to jump out of my network circle into somewhere completely foreign and like, I know someone who interviewed, but who emailed me about a job, and that's the only person I know. So I don't think I would simply because 
I feel like I still need to develop my network and I'm still learning. Going back to like the workload, I feel like, yes, obviously CPAs are super busy. Partners are super busy. And as far as like, you know, admin staff and interns, they're definitely willing to put in the work. I think it's just a matter of this is all new territory for like training and how do the partners and the seniors allocate time to training and how do they determine whether, you know, someone is hireable or extends them an offer or not? Again, these are very like unprecedented times for that type of scenario. If they do extend you an offer and you're new and you're in the office, is somebody going to be there to train you? I mean, not even withstanding the workload, like some, some states are still under stay at home orders. So a lot of folks are still working remotely and it's got to be hard to learn a job remotely. Like, I mean, it's hard to learn it when you're there. (laughs) So, It totally is. And um, again, it goes back to that kind of ranking at where you are, because working from home, if you're a CPA and you know what you're doing, you can like just run through returns, you're all good. Then you're super productive. But if you're an intern, kind of just just learning the programs, you're just kind of learning the procedures. Yeah, it does help to have someone there next to you, you know, unfortunately. And like, and obviously, everyone's doing a very great job with like Zoom and Skype meetings and stuff like that. But again, it's still kind of there's a little bit of a latency issue with how effective it is. And I think we're going to kind of see, you know, I, I know that Ruben Brown still plans on expanding their office because they do still feel like office environments are still very productive and useful. Sure. And again, it goes back to how high up you are and how, how, how knowledgeable you already are in your career, how, how far along you already are in your career. You mentioned earlier networking, which I just think is so important. I always tell my kids when you start looking at jobs, it's who you know, right? Totally, yeah. Yeah, I know. I we we joke, but my husband was once offered a job at a party, so I, <laughs> I understand that that's how that works. I was offered a job on a bike ride, so I oh totally nice. That. <laughs> so, how has networking changed during COVID? Are you able to to network? Are you I are you doing it on social media? Like, how are you networking? How are you staying kind of in, involved? That's a good question because I feel like obviously when I was kind of pursuing my bachelor's degree, it was so important to kind of network and, you know, get my internships lined up. Right. And right now it's, it's something that kind of mentally is on the back burner, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure is the best idea right now. But again, going back to how I network, it's through Twitter and LinkedIn and just kind of reaching out to my old employers and my old managers and just kind of seeing how things are going over there. And I think just kind of that way, because obviously right now, all the employers nights and all the um, meet the firm type events are just completely put on hold and right. everything is kind of on Zoom. And and it, it's actually a, a fairly big discussion that the campus recruiters are asking the interns. We're like, hey, you guys are our audience. What works for you guys? And it's it's kind of, a, again, up in the air. Right. I also think one of the things you had said earlier about, you know, being in the office when I had uh, had some conversations with folks about what kind of what the job market looks like, what are they comfortable asking for? And one of the things that was raised was um, there was someone who didn't didn't want to be named, which I completely understand. <laughs> but she said that one of the challenges was that she was required to be in the office and she did not feel safe being in the office because of the virus. And I think that, oh, yeah, of course. you know, you're my age and you've been working for a bit and you feel pretty established in your career, even at this point, it's really difficult to look someone in the eye and say, I don't feel like being here because I, you know, I think it's got to be really hard 
for somebody just starting out? Like, obviously, I'm not asking about Ruben, but have you heard any stories about anybody that is kind of either in your circle or, or on, on social that has kind of felt pressured to, to go into work? Or is that something you've worried about personally? Right now with Las Vegas reopening and possibly, you know, again, I'm not really sure if they're closing down again. But going back to a, a work in, like a work office, yeah, it was it was very interesting because I, I was interning at CLA Clifton Larson Allen during March when everything was getting shut down, and mm-hmm. the first kind of communication was if you don't feel comfortable, you can work from home. Right. And again, going back to your like, well, I'm an intern. I feel like I should be here, you know. And exactly, you know, yeah. You, you kind of feel like you gotta say yes to everything, which which might not be a, a healthy idea. Of course. The next day, I was like, no, everyone's we're, we're completely switching to remote and things like that. But once we're allowed to enter into the office, I think it is going to be an interesting thing because from my circle and the people I've talked to, we're kind of in the middle about, you know, whether we miss, you know, being in the office or we mm-hmm. like working from home. I think a lot of people do enjoy the camaraderie and like the easy access to people, you know, hey, let me just walk over to your desk and ask you a question rather than like on Skype, hey, do you have a few minutes? Okay, cool. 30 minutes later, let's set up the Zoom. Okay. And, you know, it's a whole technology thing. When it could be, let me walk over, point at this. No. Okay, cool. Let's move on to something else. Well, and just even water cooler stuff. Because there was um, somebody on social that was joking about how she's felt like she's had to have conversations with her dog. <laughs> Normally you go and you say at the water cooler, did you see that episode of Game of Thrones last night or whatever? Yeah. Like there's, there's that level of I think camaraderie that that's missing. And especially again, as a newbie, I think that's hard because you want to get to know people. There's, that's supposed to be your network when you leave. Totally. And I, I loved uh, when I was at CLA, they did um, happy hours every Friday, like Friday. Oh, fun. You know, yeah. And it was really great to just kind of talk about not tech stuff for a couple minutes. Right, right. And with Ruben Brown here, they are, they're, they're doing virtual happy hours, which is great. It just doesn't feel right. Oh yeah, no, we we're doing we're doing them online uh, too on Zoom. We're doing uh, tax pro happy hours, just kind of with the community, and it's fun, but it's definitely not the same. Again, it, it might not just be my thing because you just have like eight people talking over each other. I'm like, what are we doing? We're just we're all just like yelling at each other over like it's it's hard to read the room when you're in. Yeah, well, that's true. But you'll, you'll have to join us for one of ours. I'll look for it on Twitter because it's fun. We, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. We sit fun. around and um, it depends on how many people we've had a bunch and then we've had a cozier group and it's uh, we kind of complain about the season and then talk about how we're kind of <laughs> problem solving as a community. So that's it's fun. So, yeah, yeah the, the longest tax season ever. Oh, no. <laughs> interview story for you and you know in a year or so remember that time when tax yeah. season never ended yeah <laughs> yeah of course of course i would enter into the industry yeah thank you so much for uh sharing your story i think a lot of folks may be in a similar position and they appreciate hearing from somebody who's kind of navigating these waters at the same time if you have any additional words of wisdom as we close you know i know that's a lot to ask so <laughs> totally fine. You know, I appreciate your willingness to to come on and kind of put yourself out there and say that this is this is hard. It's a it's a difficult time. Yeah, well, thank you so much for letting me speak with you, Kelly. It was actually really fun kind of just hearing a law perspective because I feel like tax and law, you know, kind of go hand in hand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and as far as words of wisdom, uh there's there's like this mantra I kind of always have in my head where it's um start slow but maintain traction. 
So it can kind of just be applied to anything in life. Like you're not going to get it right away, but just kind of stick with it. Start slow. Awesome. Well, good luck on the multiple exams to come and also on the job search. And I very much appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Kelly. And that will do it for this episode. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at TaxGirl. And you can sign up for my free newsletter at TaxGirl.com. Thanks for listening. Because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them doesn't have to be.